Hello, friends and colleagues. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today on our podcast, episode 129, our hot topic is virtual recitals. We have our tech expert, Takenya Battle, breaking down the five top details we need to consider when hosting our virtual recitals. I'm going to be sharing my experiences, good, bad, and ugly, in streaming videos on a Facebook watch party, and also using Zoom to share recorded videos. We also have voice teacher Amy Woods from Magnolia Music. She's going to share her experiences streaming her recital on YouTube. This episode offers some fantastic teacher takeaways, important practices that you must abide by, and some advice so you can avoid online disasters and celebrate your singing studios. Now, we also have Executive Director Alan Henderson sharing details about the Nats Intern Program. All of this is here on episode 129 of the Full Voice Podcast. Hello and welcome, my voice teaching professional friend and colleague. How are you? I do hope, I do hope everything is going well in your teaching studio. I also hope that you are embracing change and challenge with grace and perhaps a sense of humor. (laughs) I do hope you are doing well. And I want to thank you for finding time in your busy schedule to tune in to the Full Voice Podcast. We are here to offer timely information and teaching strategies um, that are relevant right now in your teaching studio. And today's topic is very relevant right now in our teaching studios. So uh, first of all, I want to thank everyone who took the time to reach out with an email or a Facebook messenger to say they really wanted to know more about virtual recitals. We saw you, I saw you, I heard you, and I'm so... Uh, I'm so happy. I mean, this amazing community of teachers that we have and people out there trying really challenging things and and tackling new technologies. And I want to thank all my guests today. Um, So first of all, I have to Kenya Battle. She is the Full Voice Podcast tech expert. And she not only runs a voice piano teaching studio, a very busy one, but she also helps teachers, all of us, with the tech struggle. So Takenya is going to break down the five details, the big details we need to de- we need to figure out um, so we can determine how our virtual recitals will work. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I just wanted to... Um, I just wanted to put out there, I, I before we get started with Takenya, I I want to acknowledge that um, a lot of us are facing a lot of overwhelm, and there's so much change happening. But um, for all the challenges in our virtual recitals, uh, there are some incredible opportunities. And for the foreseeable future, our live recitals are not going to be an option. Um, So I really hope you can listen to this podcast and get inspired and some takeaways so that you can 
continue to give your students the opportunities to perform and that you can continue to build community and support within your studio. So hang in there. There will be a day when we can go back to our church recitals. I have to tell you, my heart is heavy. I have this beautiful, my teaching studio is in a beautiful church. And the sanctuary, the sanctuary here at Erskine Presbyterian, oh, I'm going to get all weepy, is my favorite place to sing I, I love singing there. We've done so many concerts here. We've done so many live, wonderful fundraisers and student recitals. And as much as they are a lot of work, there's just something about welcoming everybody into our church and, and being able to host a wonderful recital. I, I, feel, I feel that that emptiness of not being able to do that. However... I'm providing a fantastic safe space for my students online. And the virtual recitals do give everybody the opportunity to celebrate each other. So friends, hang in there. We'll get to the other side. But in the meantime, we can explore some fun, new, exciting ways to celebrate our students. Welcome back to the podcast, my technology expert, Takenya Battle. How are you? I'm doing very well. Super awesome. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Oh, so we have a big, well, it's an important topic nowadays, uh, but let's talk. We're going to talk about, you're going to tell us all about virtual recitals. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. (laughs) I'm telling you guys, make it easy for yourself. Virtual recitals, they're going to be a thing for a minute. Okay. Just go ahead and accept it. For a minute. (laughs) It's going to be the, that's, that's just what we're going to be doing. So Mm -hmm. here are just five quick things you can do to make sure that yours is the rocking and rollingest thing you've ever done. Okay. So consider your performance content. How will your performers perform? Will they do it live or will they do something pre-recorded? Once you figure that out, you need to find out what your broadcast destination is. Are you going to have this show up on Facebook? Is this going to show up on YouTube? Are you going to have this show up on your website? How are people going to watch the performance? Third thing, you need to consider streaming platforms. And what that is, is the thing that you're using to show people what you got. Mm -hmm. Okay. The fourth thing you want to do is test and check. And then like test and check again. And then like test it and check it again. (laughs) (laughs) Advice. And the fifth thing you want to do is share and shine. So just do these five things. Consider your performance content. How will your performers perform? Number two, your broadcast destination. Where will people be watching what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Number three, streaming platform. How are you going to get it to them? Number four, test and check it. And I want to say plan for pitfalls. Uh, Number five, share and shine. I I can share one of the pitfalls that that happened during my virtual performance uh, for my studio. What had happened was, I had chosen to I had chosen to live stream everything on Facebook. And on the platform that I was using, I could see the comments that were popping up. Mm-hmm. And one of those comments wasn't really nice. Oh, Just wasn't, no. a nice, wasn't a nice comment. Someone wasn't being a good human. 
And what alerted me beyond seeing the comment was parents were like texting me, hey, Miss Kenya, somebody said something. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm on it. Make sure you plan for that. And the way I Remy did it, Remy did, the way I fixed it, (laughs) (laughs) the way I fixed it is I just deleted the comment. And I could do that because of the platform that I was using Mm -hmm. to stream from. Mm -hmm. It was a great time had by all. If you haven't considered doing a virtual recital, do yourself a favor and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do it anyway. Music does not exist in a vacuum. It's meant to be shared. Let people see what your babies are doing. I love it. I I thank you for for your your enthusiasm about it. Full disclosure, when we had gone online and my my students were doing quite well, but I was like, yeah. I don't think I'm going to do a virtual recital. But then I mulled it over and I thought, well, you know, I think this would be a great opportunity for them to um, to try like a self-tape. Um, so I made the decision. I, I wasn't I wasn't ready to deal with live uh, streaming, like um, uh, live performances. So I thought this first virtual recital I'm going to do self-tape and, and I'll, and I'll coach my students through the self-tape. And, um, then I, then we did a watch party on Facebook and yes, I can't tell you the preparing for little trips and snags along the way. It's going to happen. And, you know, I want to shout out to all my families because, you know, there was like a little glitch getting started and then some of the videos weren't available and I figured it all out, but it, it, it was a little rough. And I think we have to be kind to ourselves as we navigate these new waters and also just let parents know that, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're all in, we're all in this together. We're all trying to figure it out. Um, have you done, have you done more than, have you done a couple of virtual recitals using different platforms? They're ready for the next one. They are, the parents are like, when is the next one? And I'm like, uh, okay. (laughs) I know that feeling. (laughs) I've picked a date. I just haven't like made it public. So the next one, I've had the students kind of help me work on a theme. They like to have themes. Nice. And I'm thinking this one will just be a bunch of covers. So they like doing popular music. They like doing, um, my students love doing all kinds of stuff and I, I let them have it. I really feel like it should be student driven, but it should be te- uh, student, <laughs> student focused, but teacher driven. You oh, know? I like that. Yes. Their interests matter. And I try to make sure that they know that the music that they choose is perfectly fine because they all have value mm-hmm. and there's ways you can mm-hmm. still teach it. They're going to get that pedagogy anyway. Give it to them in the songs that they want to get it from. I agree. Well, thank you for that, uh, for helping us just kind of navigate the virtual recitals. I know uh, more and more teachers obviously are trying. There's different ways to stream and different ways to do it. And I think uh, the more we experience we have putting on these virtual concerts, the the better we will get at it and to, to be kind and let ourselves make mistakes along the way. But thank you for your guidelines there. I do appreciate it. And we will have you back on the podcast very soon. All right. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) I love it. A very special thank you to to Kenya. And you can find her studio information at 
Kenya Keys, and do sign up for her virtual recital information. If you sign up to her mailing list, you will get a copy of uh, a part of her presentation of virtual recitals made easy. To Kenya's working hard to help teachers like us rock the studio tech. And, and if you're really needing some help, please reach out. Uh, she'd be happy to welcome you. So last March, when my studio went virtual and I was in survival mode, <laughs> trying to navigate lousy Zoom quality, internet weirdness, I have a much better handle on that now. And I was trying to navigate how I would then use my in-person resources in a virtual way. I actually have discovered many new ways to engage my students, which is awesome. But I was super exhausted, and I know you were too. And the last thing that I wanted to do was host an online uh, recital. In fact, I for the for the longest time, um, so I you know I was watching all those those choir videos where there's like 400 people on the screen, and I was like, I am not doing that silliness. But they're amazing. Some of them are really beautiful, but. I I definitely did not want to do that for my studio. Um, But uh, I I noticed, um, I noticed my students and my families had put in a lot of effort into their online lessons. Uh, We had challenges, all of us did, but I realized getting towards the April and May, a lot of my students um, weren't doing a lot of extracurriculars, obviously, because a lot of them had been canceled. And I thought, you know, they put so much effort into these online lessons, helping me learn and being patient with me. And I'd also noticed how much some of my students had really started to level up. They, they, they were singing more at home, obviously, and um, they were practicing more and we were having a lot of fun. So I made the decision that I was going to do an online recital. And um, so I started, I started kind of weighing the pros and cons. And because my teaching studio, a lot of my parents I have connected with on Facebook, um, I thought that Facebook would be a really good platform. I also had created a private Facebook group for my studio when the lockdown happened as an additional way to keep informed with everybody. And I wanted it to make it fun. So I had lots of, you know, funny memes and, and reminders in my Facebook group and parents really appreciated seeing all of that. So I thought that I would run my Facebook, so run my virtual recital using a Facebook watch party. <laughs> and there are pros and cons. I'm going to share them with you. So I um, I wanted it to be a recorded uh, uh, virtual recital. So one of the things that um, I got excited about and, and I thought was a fantastic learning opportunity for all of my students was learning to do self-tape. And I know for some teachers, uh, self-tape and self-tape auditions has been a thing for a while. That was never something in my teaching studio that I had approached. Um, Some of my students that go to the art school here in Hamilton had an entire assignment 
doing an audition self tape. So I talked to them a little bit about, you know, what, what they were, you know, what they worked on and what they thought of the assignment. So my, some of my students actually helped me (laughs) to get ready for this recital. So self tape, um, and, and recording yourself and, and in a performance mode is actually a very useful tool. Obviously now, more than ever. We're not going to be doing live auditions. So self-tape is a very valuable skill. There's a lot of things that our students don't know about lighting, about sound quality, about camera angles, vertical, horizontal. Um, So it was a really great challenge and a really great assignment. I created a one page, this is all the things you need to do. And these are the details. Now, I still had students who gave me who submitted videos when the wrong, um, the wrong perspective, they, they were vertical rather than horizontal. And I did have some students that did not use proper speakers, or this is a common one. A lot of my students did not play their accompaniment music loud enough. So it was very difficult to hear their music. So I did have to ask some of my students to redo their self-tape. But uh, overall, I think the experience was fantastic. And I certainly noticed some of my students' um, work habits, work ethics uh, improved. A lot of my students discovered how much work and how much repetition is required to get your performance ready. So that was, uh, I think, one of the comments I got from so many of my teenagers. Like, I had to, I had to do that like five, six times. And I was rather unimpressed. And I was like, and? And that is what? <laughs> um, anyhow, so the self-tape experience was really great. And there's a lot of teachers that offer self-tape workshops with their studios. And if you Google self-tape audition um, recording guidelines, there's a whole bunch of websites out there. So please check that out. Now, once my students had recorded their self-tape, not an audition, but their uh, performance, I used a Dropbox upload link And if you're a Dropbox user, it's super easy. You create a folder in your Dropbox, you create an upload link, you send the link to students, and yes, you'll have to send it several times because they'll misplace the email. Uh, you could also put the email or the link in a, on a web page if, if that's easier. And you get notified every time somebody uses your upload link. So I found that very convenient. I gave everybody a deadline. And of course, my deadline was actually a first deadline um, because I, need, I knew I would have students that would miss the deadline and then say, oh, I missed the deadline. I guess I'm not going to be in the in the recital and I knew they would do that so I was like oh hey no problem you can do it then had a couple of those but that's okay uh anyhow so I had everyone's uh videos like I said a few people had to redo it wasn't it, they weren't there was not there was some lighting issues where students were really dark there was one where I couldn't hear their music at all um, and there was one where there was just a strange lag delay so be prepared and make sure you give yourself time to to allow students to redo if necessary now um, so I chose a, a Facebook watch party uh, in my private studio Facebook group. 
Now, will I do another Facebook watch party recital? No. Did my recital go okay? Yes, it did. There was some really lovely moments. And I think for the most part, my families enjoyed it. But there were, I'm going to go through the pros and cons. Um, uh, First of all, obviously, Facebook is a really social platform. Duh. And uh, my students and parents could make comments and likes and hearts. And my studio is so supportive of all of the kids. It's a very close studio. Um, many of many of my students are walking distance to the church here, and many of my students are in my immediate neighborhood. So a lot of my families know each other, and it was so nice to see them supporting each other's kids and, and really shouting out everybody. So that was wonderful about the Facebook uh, watch party. So here are some of the cons. So Um, First of all, I created my Facebook group as a private group for my studio, but many of my families wanted friends and family to watch the videos as well, which means they had to add them and I had to allow them to join my private Facebook group, which I wasn't really thrilled about. I hadn't really thought that out. And Moving forward into the new season of teaching, I then had to remove many strangers and people that I don't know and aren't part of my studio. I had to kick them out from my Facebook group. So I didn't think that through. Um, people wanted, were excited to share their children's performances, which I love. But the platform that I had used wasn't conducive to that. So I had to basically open the doors to my private Facebook group, which... I didn't want to do. Um, now, here's the thing about a watch party. If you've ever done a watch party on Facebook, so it is one of the options when you go to post. And a watch party is this thing where you can um, uh, uh, watch videos together in a group on Facebook. And you can, um, it basically creates a, a unique post that people can join and then make comments and they can do comments in real time as the videos go by. Um, and you can, you can like and hearts and thumbs up through the whole thing. Um, so, but here, here were some of my cons and things that I did not know and things I had to scramble on. So first of all, I had originally uploaded each video individually. We didn't, we didn't edit it into one big video. So I had 28 videos and I scheduled them. So when I started my watch party, I didn't want the videos available in my group. I wanted the the videos to be available when the watch party started, but because they were unscheduled, they didn't show up. So I had to immediately schedule all 28 videos to go live at that particular moment, which meant that they all popped up in my Facebook group, which people got confused, left the watch party to start looking at all these videos. It was a little crazy and confusing. And for some of the People in my group who had never really used Facebook very or don't aren't Facebook friendly. It was very confusing. The other con, and I don't know why this is, and I tried Googling it and I really couldn't find anything. But Facebook does this thing in watch parties where the beginning, like a few seconds of the beginning of the video and a few seconds of the end of the video were cut off. 
So some of my students' ends of their performances were clipped, which really made me angry. And I was very stressed out about that. Now, the other thing, and I know that you've heard about this if you're on Facebook or if you're using any of the streaming platforms, Facebook will has been muting and deleting videos because of copyright issues. There is a lot of copyright issues and, and just because we are online doesn't mean that we have the copyright permissions to be streaming other people's work. And I highly recommend that when you are choosing your platforms, and, and Amy's going to talk a little bit about this in her interview later on in the podcast, the copyright issues are a thing right now, and Facebook and YouTube and other streaming platforms are taking this very seriously. Now, because my video was premiering in a private group and it wasn't being streamed outside of my private group, I didn't have any problems with anything being shut down. And I know my situation is unique, but a lot of the kids were doing music that is that is copy has our copyright and licensed through my company. So I have a bit of an advantage anyhow, but in a private group, um, I did not have any problems. So Facebook watch parties. Uh, it went well. My families were very happy. There were too many glitches and unknown things for me. And it's probably not the best uh, not the best way to stream content. Um, so there you go. Now, the other type of recital, which I was a guest at, and I wanted to share with everybody was self tape recitals on a zoom call. So my dear friend, colleague, uh, master engraver and resource creator, Mim Adams invited me to her online recital where, and she's, uh, uh, for one of her studios and, and she is a small roster of students. So she utilized self tape videos. She had her students submit them to her and she played them that she played the videos from her computer on a zoom call with all of the families invited. She acted as, as a host and she was a wonderful host. Mim did a beautiful job of welcoming everybody, thanking everybody shouting out her students and celebrating. She was such a beautiful host. It was so much fun. And so what she would do is um, everybody was muted. She'd, she'd come on, she'd, she'd introduce the performers and then she would mute all the families and then she would unmute everybody for applause and comments. And uh, her studio also very supportive families. So appreciative. Um, that was an interesting um, and really simple way to hold a recital. So the pros, I would say for that platform, it's easy and no streaming platform was required. So uh, Zoom is a broadcasting, is the broadcasting platform she was using, um, but she wasn't streaming the video to another platform. The cons, I would say um, there was some lag in the videos that she was playing from her computer, like tiny little leg. And then every once in a while, you know, the Zoom glitchiness that happens from time to time. But overall, it was very well done, very well received. So again, if you're looking for a simple way, you don't want to get involved in the streaming platforms or, or anything like that, you can do something like that on a Zoom call. 
Ah, there we are. So those are my two personal experiences with virtual recitals. I hope that's helpful. Of course, there's other pros and cons to these platforms, but um, I do hope this helps you in choosing what's going to work for your studio. The Full Voice Podcast is proud to be part of the NatsCast Network. So from time to time, we check in with all the amazing opportunities that are happening within the National Association of Teachers of Singing. And today, Executive Director Alan Henderson returns to our podcast to share details about the NATS Intern Program. Welcome back to the podcast. Executive Director of the National Association of Teachers of Singing, Alan Henderson. How are you? I'm great, Nikki. It's good to talk with you today. It's always lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for your service to our community. Today, we're going to be talking about the NATS Intern Program. What is that? Well, the NATS Intern Program is has historically been Nats's premier mentoring experience. As time has come, has grown, uh, we have many other mentoring opportunities, but this one is in its 31st year. And so it wow. really was Nats's first organized mentoring experience. And it has interestingly remained, the structure of it has remained fairly intact from the beginning. And the genesis was that we would bring together uh, 12 or so uh, voice teachers, young voice teachers, and pair them with four master teachers and, mm. uh, and spend 10 days together in an intense uh, mentoring experience where uh, the interns would have students that would be assigned to them, two students each, and they would teach a series of lessons to each of those students. And the mentor teacher uh, would be there to have conversations with them, to debrief about those lessons, to, uh, to, to help them improve their teaching skills and to broaden their uh, connection to Nats. Also, each of the master teachers, of course, would speak about other topics during the week. Uh, guest speakers would be brought in for a variety of topics. And all of these would be hosted uh, on a campus, usually around the country somewhere, and the NATS intern program would move around. I had the opportunity to be a NATS intern uh, in about the third year of the intern program uh, in wow. 1993. And it was uh, a formative experience, certainly for me as a young voice teacher. Uh, I was in my second year, I believe, in a you know in a teaching position at a university, my first teaching position, and so it was one of those experiences that was life changing as from a professional standpoint, uh, and uh, so. You know, go, getting together with four other, or, you know, with, with 11 other colleagues and then the master teachers uh, was, and spending that much time with them 
tapping their brains, talking with them. You know, Carol Kimball of, of all people was my master teacher. And it was interestingly enough, it was during the time she was working on her, one of her seminal books, which now I think is called song, but then it had a different title. And so she would come in every day with different proofs of parts of her book, you know, says, what do you all think about this? I'm trying to rewrite this sentence. And so it it was just an interesting time. So, uh, you know, these experiences and year after year, I mean, I'm just one of you know, nearly three over 300 people now have been through the NATS intern program. Uh, but almost universally, they all say this was, you know, a life-changing experience for me professionally. And these connections remain through time. Uh, folks who were in my class of the intern program, we're regularly in contact, you know, have been for years and years and with our master teachers and, uh, I also then had the opportunity to be a master teacher a few years ago, uh, and that was quite an honor to do that as well. Uh, and it just so happens that this year, due to some uh, changes in location that were necessitated primarily by COVID, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a host of the Imprint program in, oh, in Georgia wonderful. at Georgia Southern University this year. So we've had over 300 people go through this in the last few years. We have broadened the program to include collaborative pianists. And so oh, we now also have a, a, ma- a collaborative pianist master teacher and four voice master teachers. And then the, pro- the NATS intern program is always headed and coordinated by the NATS past president. So Karen Brunson is the intern program coordinator. Um, so uh, when interns are selected. We have the application open now. The deadline's uh, December 15th. You fill out the application. You submit uh, usually a video uh, of some of your teaching, uh, an audio example of some of your singing, and a few written statements along with your application. And those all get uh, reviewed by committee. And uh, then the invitations are usually uh, made in February, and then we move forward with for that with that class uh, of organizing the dates and getting everything organized for them to be together for those ten days. And uh, the ten days are busy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the morning, all the interns teach their lessons, and those uh, those feedback sessions happen. And then in the afternoons. Uh, usually each of the master teachers will give a master class during the week uh, with the interns as the singers. And then also uh, they will give another lecture on a topic of their choice. So some, it might be a area of research that's important to them. Uh, you know, some of our past uh, master teachers have had different kinds of careers. Uh, some have been, voice scientists, uh, some have done acoustics, some have been more repertoire oriented, others have had a variety of specialties. And so uh, they all give a presentation. We usually have bring in some vocal health component to that. Mm-hmm. And then there are you know a, a list of other things that 
kind of happen. Uh, some of the interns take lessons outside in spare time with some of the master teachers during the week. Wow. Uh, so it's really uh, been a, a great program for Nats, and it really consistently is something that people mention as, you know, a premier experience within Nats. And, uh, you know, we also, you know, while I think initially this, the, the interns were more classically oriented and so were the master teachers, uh, these days we're much more inclusive of styles, the types of teachers that might come, independent studio teachers, those who maybe totally are more leaning towards CCM teaching and singing. Mm -hmm. So there really is no exclusion in any way in applying. And this year our teachers, our, our master teachers are Teresa Brancaccio who teaches at Northwestern, uh, Frank Ragsdale, who many people know teaches at the University of Miami, uh, great uh, teacher all the way around, does a lot of music theater teaching especially, and is the current coordinator of our national music theater competition. Uh, Michelle Marquardt DeVoe, who is no stranger mm. to, uh, to the podcast. This, this yep. podcast uh, <laughs> is independent studio teacher in California, of course. And she's going to be one of our master teachers. And Kari Reagan, uh, who lives in the Seattle area, has an independent studio and also teaches at the University of Washington and author of a brand new book. And so those are our four master teachers. And then Craig Terry an amazing collaborative pianist and just an amazing individual is our collaborative piano master teacher. And if you uh, didn't spend part of your COVID days watching he and his husband's daily uh, posts on Facebook, singing all kinds of songs, American Songbook, <laughs> I saw some of those. everything, you were missing something because it was always a bright spot in my day to make, you know, <laughs> when's Craig going to be on? When's he going to put his you know song out for the day? And he and Hugh. And so they just, they, that was a great, great service they did over the summer. And uh, so, of course, he's also then recently done a few concerts with the Ryan Opera Center and Lyric Opera. Uh, he just did a program with Larry Brownlee and some other uh, singers that was played just last week, I believe. So he's an all around great guy, but just a fabulous collaborative pianist and will bring so much to uh, our collaborative pianists and, and the whole group who are uh, gonna be in the program this summer. Incredible. Well, this is a fantastic opportunity. Uh, we will put show on the show notes. I will put direct links to the uh, the intern program uh, application form. So the deadline is December 15th. So people can get their information in. Alan, I want to thank you for sharing this wonderful program. Um, and as always, we will have you back to keep us up to date with all things happening in our industry and with our friends and colleagues at Nats. Great. Till next time, keep singing. Amy Woods 
is a voice teacher with almost 20 years of teaching and performing experience. She works with all ages and teaches both classical and contemporary styles. Amy is an active member of Nats. She is also the director of Magnolia Music Studio in North Colorado. She's joining us today to share her virtual recital experience of live streaming on YouTube. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, Amy Woods. How are you today? I'm good. How are you today? Oh, we're doing well. We're doing well. We're getting into the fall season. It's getting a little chilly. How are things in Loveland, Colorado? It's a little smoky here, but it's been cool, so we're hopeful that it's the fires are going down. Oh, goodness. How long have the fires been going on for you? Um, they've been going on for several months, probably oh. about the same length of time as the California fires. Oh, my goodness. I had no so. idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not, not good for anyone, but particularly not good for singers with the smoky air. Yes, I've uh, done some hurried learning on air purification systems. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm wishing a, a, a quick end to the forest fires there. I do want to thank you so much for joining us today. So our conversation is all about virtual recitals. There's a lot of, well, I think all of us now are, are weighing the options of how we want to handle virtual recitals. And we're kind of focusing on YouTube streaming because that's how you handled your recitals. So I have a couple of pre-questions first. So my first question is, before the COVID shutdown, were you teaching online? Were you doing any online teaching? Um, I had one online, online student. So I was very fortunate that she had basically helped me learn how to do online teaching leading up to the shutdown. So I've been teaching online with her for about four months. Okay, that's great. So you were familiar with the online process. Okay. Now, and here's my next question. What were your first feelings about having to do a virtual recital? What what was going through your mind? I... I think initially I was so worried that we weren't going to be able to have one at all. Mm. And I have very goal oriented students Mm. that I was worried about them not having something to work towards. So when I figured out how to do online um, showcases, it was just such a relief. Right. Okay, we can do this. Right. Right. Now, did you have any did you have any struggles with um, helping your families and your students with the technology? You know, um, because I was going to utilize Zoom as the primary platform, I I didn't have a lot of trouble because we'd already gone through that just doing the lessons. Right. So all they had to do was log in. Oh, so good. Okay, that's reassuring. That's very reassuring. Um, Now, how can you kind of go through this step by step uh, of of how you used the platform YouTube and and how you facilitated your recital? Was it was it a recorded? Did the kids record themselves like self tape and then you, or was it a live recital? It was an interesting situation. My plan had been that it be a hundred percent live, right. so everybody has their accompaniment track, or, or if they have family that was at home that would accompany them, that was great. Right. 
um, and we were all going to go live. And then a couple of my students contacted me and said, you know what, I've had work things come up. I can't be there, but I still want to be in the showcase. Mm. And so I ended up doing some of both. I had some that submitted videos and some that didn't. Oh, wonderful. Now, for the ones that were recording videos, did you did you give them like a set of guidelines about how to record themselves, like how they were to to do like all the details about their recordings? How did you help them with that? In I, I planned it out so that for our last uh, lesson, we spent some time on that. I learned a lot. And I definitely think for this next one that we'll do in the at the end of the year, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to send out some guidelines. If yes. you're recording, this is how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just talked them through it in person. We set things up so that um, I could have them kind of see on the screen in Zoom. This is how much of you I'd like to see. Oh, nice. This is what I want it to sound like. Um, for the pre-recorded ones, what I didn't take into account that I will this time is definitely talking about the different recording devices. Oh, yes. I had a student who has an excellent laptop. The Zoom connection is beautiful and clear and all those things, but they used an older phone. Oh. That was not so great. Mm. Um, and so the sound quality just wasn't what I had hoped for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was fine. It was fine for the showcase. It didn't bother me at all, but definitely something that I'll, I'll talk about with them nice. <laughs> this time. Nice. <laughs> now, when, when you were streaming on YouTube, can you just kind of walk everybody through that, how you, how you organized the recital and then how you use that platform? Sure. Um, so I started scrambling about 30 days before <laughs> the scheduled date because I was like, oh, this will be easy. I just I just go in and I click go. And then I looked, I, I was like, you know, I should check that out. Uh, and there's a lot more steps to it than that, which thank goodness I had 30 days <laughs> right. to get it done. But I was cracking up. I'm like, I maybe should have planned further ahead. Uh, <laughs> there's t- but. Oh, to all my listeners, there's your teacher takeaway. Plan ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Plan ahead. That's right. Um, so the biggest uh, step that I had to do first was um, I didn't realize if you haven't done YouTube Live, mm. you've got to go in there and get YouTube to give you permission to go live. Right. You, and it takes, it tells you like, this may take 24 hours, but it took about a week. Oh, really? For them okay. to verify me. And I don't know why. Um, it just did. And so it, that was nerve wracking because I was like, what happens if I don't get verified? Right. <laughs> like, then what do I do? Uh, so that was a little bit crazy. But I got verified after about, I think it was right at seven days. Oh, um, So that took some time. So just that was a, a big eye opener. Like, don't mm-hmm. assume that when it says 24 hours that it's exactly 24 hours. Right. Sure. Well, I think with everybody streaming now, right, there's like, there's so many more people and users using those platforms. Yeah. Well, and as we've all discovered, the platform guidelines, what's acceptable and not, has changed significantly Mm -hmm. um, and continues to to morph and change. So um, I think that's part of it, too, because... Uh, you know, I was doing a music event, and I think there was some some extra time spent making sure I wasn't doing something that was against guidelines. Gotcha. 
good, good advice. Now, once you got the uh, verification and you were set to stream, uh, how did you go from there? So uh, in once I got set up, then uh, I started doing some research on different ways uh, to efficiently stream mm-hmm. from Zoom straight to YouTube. I was hoping at the time I was like, okay, I'd like to be able to stream to YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. I'd love this to be a multi-platform event. Mm-hmm. And I did find a program that does that. It's called Restream. Mm-hmm. Um, but the free version is not useful uh, um, yes. for anything more than like 30 second Instagram live, you know, oh, videos. Okay, good to know. Um, so, but it is a program that works. Um, mm-hmm. you just, it's a service you'd want to pay for. Right. And so I actually found a website and I, um, it's actually from a university and it's t- telling their students how to use YouTube live for, I think it was for a class project. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, so Amy has shared this link, and uh, it's it's actually very well done. I'm going to post this link in the show notes because I think it's very helpful. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. So you were using this link uh, yes. to with your research. Yes. So after, and I'd read a ton of articles, and just know that this was the good one. There were a lot that were nice. <laughs> Not useful. Um, But what I learned uh, by the time I got to this article is that there is a difference between planning a YouTube stream and scheduling it ahead of time Mm. versus just instantly going live Mm. on YouTube, kind of like we would go live on Facebook. Right. Um, And so going through that process of setup took a little extra time. And again, plan ahead. So... I had to um, set up a custom live streaming service mm-hmm. in in Zoom, and that's how you have to set up if you're going to schedule the recital ahead of time and have a preset link to your live. So since I wanted to be able to post it in an email to family and friends um, of my students, that was something that I had to do. Um, important things. I figured out the hard way (laughs) that if you set the link up and you make it a public link and it's, you know, being put out there on YouTube, YouTube will see that it's going to be some sort of music showcase and they will shut you down. That is so, I've heard a lot of teachers talk about this. This is something that is happening. And so what I did was I, I went to the YouTube page and I read through the guidelines, which is really boring, and I'll save you the long, like, 45-minute read. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> tell you that um, basically if it's going to be public, permanent, or pervasive, those are, like, the three Ps, then um, they have an algorithm that actually will double-check your copyrights and mm-hmm. shut you down. Um, and what happens is if that if that occurs, one of two things, either they'll cancel your stream, which is what they did to me, or you'll go ahead and go live and halfway through it'll just stop running. And I, I really want to thank you for sharing that because that has happened to uh, quite a few colleagues and we've seen that on the forums, people talking about that. Um, so the the copyright, thing is a issue and we have to be respectful of it and if we're using these platforms we really have to do our due diligence and understand what we can and can't do 
So thank you for that that <laughs> that uh, <laughs> learning moment. Absolutely. So what I did was I created an unlisted link, mm-hmm. and I put in the um, in the description. Mm-hmm. I said this is an educational showcase meant to showcase the work we have done in our music studio. Nice. You know, I just really clearly laid out like. No, you know, no copyright infringement intended. Mm-hmm. All copyrights belong to the originators of these songs, blah, 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 blah. Right. Just really, really descriptive and clear. And then I kept it unlisted. So not private, which mm-hmm. requires a password, right. but just unlisted. Right. And that worked. Oh, um, that's good to know. So, yeah. So definitely, <laughs> you know put that all in there. <laughs> no, that I, I'm really glad you brought that up. The other the other the other issue I would I would worry about too if we're using platforms is the privacy of our students. Yes. Right. So that that is something. Do, so can I ask did you have to get any kind of release form for your students? Did you or did, was it just kind of a verbal we're okay with this kind of mm. arrangement? It's a small enough group that I um, I didn't have to do that. I sent out an email and said, if you are interested and willing to have your image you know, streamed live on YouTube, this is what we're doing. Um, and I think, I'm trying to remember, I think it was 10 mm-hmm. that came in and actually did the, the showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I think I had maybe two out of my studio that, said no because they didn't want their face on YouTube. Okay. Um, the others that didn't come couldn't make it, weren't right. ready, weren't interested, whatever. Right. I mean, these are concerns that we have when we do live videos as well, right? or live recitals. So those the ones that aren't ready to perform. and. <laughs> right, right. Right. Now, how did you facilitate the live performances? So it was it was actually not that different from being there in person, okay. except I I think at the end of it, I felt like what we miss and what I'm going to try and work on here is that whole little reception at the end where everyone gets to hang around and talk to each other and yeah. congratulate each other. That environment is really tough to replicate. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, in a virtual environment. But what what we did um, live was I acted kind of like the, the MC. Right. So I introduced the recital. Um, I had the students come a half an hour prior to the start of the performance. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go live on YouTube at that time. Right. We just logged into Zoom. I walked them through how it was going to work. I had them play me their track and sing just like 30 seconds. Smart. Make sure our sound levels are good. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, after that, giving them a minute to breathe, we warmed up together a little bit. Um, and so when we logged in live, there's, (laughs) and the unlisted link is still there. I can totally share that with you. Uh, (laughs) it's, it's me waiting for the little spinny wheel to stop. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, and then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, we're live. Okay. (laughs) And I used the screen share. Yes. Uh, function mm-hmm. to, to give us like a title screen nice. and everything's so pretty. And uh-huh. then I came in and just emceed it. 
um, and everyone else stayed on mute. And I did the, uh, I used the spotlight mm. feature on Zoom so that the person singing was the only one on the screen. So they filled nice. the screen. Nice. And oh. then in between, we would go to a group view and you'd see everyone silently clapping. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, I had these grand plans, by the way, to have uh, canned applause that I would play <laughs> in between students. Right. Um, and I figured out that that was actually a much bigger pain in my rear than I thought. <laughs> I love it. I love that. I think we so all we had grand plans and, and then we just were in survival mode for, for most of our first virtual recitals. For sure. Now, what were, what were some of your... Um, what were some of the the learning opportunities? Like, what, what would you do differently for your next recital? I think for this next recital, and uh, I'm definitely going to do more. I think the big thing is I need to make sure that I make a bigger deal about it earlier on. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've just started Hyping the, um, hyping it up yeah. uh, about a week ago, so mm-hmm. that gives me just under two months. That's to wise. get them excited, to get them ready to go. <clears throat> um, I think also, uh, I liked being able to on my video, my pre-recorded students being able to just use the screen share function. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized that. Um, the streaming of that screen share takes a hot second. So planning time into those videos where they stand, count to five, then introduce themselves. Oh, good tip. Yeah. Because it just, there's just a little delay. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with the amount of data, you know, streaming. Sure. Through. Sure. Good, good point. Um, any 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 suggestions for listeners like don't do what I did or here's the here's <laughs> what one of my biggest takeaways like any any last words of advice for anybody wanting to do the streaming through the YouTube channel absolutely I really want people to know that um, I hurried up and did a couple of test runs before mm. I did my first recital and I, they were unlisted links. I, I only invited maybe two or three people that I knew would log in and look. Sure. Um, and it was just me <laughs> right. on there talking and sharing screens and then sharing a video and nice. just functional test run. Um, and that was invaluable to figure out what I didn't do comfortably or what I wasn't able to do. There were some things that I really thought, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And then in reality, streaming it through YouTube, it wasn't going to work. And most of those things were just the format needed to shift a little bit. Right. Um, How much time I needed between singers was different. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you forget in a live setting that there's that time where they get up, they walk to the front, they turn around, they introduce themselves, (laughs) they check with the accompanist. And they, you know, all those things that take just a few extra seconds at a time, we have to allow the audience that time. Oh, brilliant. And so do a practice run, even mm-hmm. if it's like me, it was just you in front of the screen with a couple people watching and I had them texting me. I was literally getting like text messages. Mm. Yeah, Smart. that's working. 
hey, I feel like I missed the first part of this song because I was still thinking about the end of the last one. You know. Nice. That's wise. Great advice. Amy, I, I, I'd want to thank you so much for your time and your sharing your experience. But before I let you go, I have to know. So <laughs> one of the things I always ask my podcast guests is for a warm-up of the week. And now the warm-up of the week. And Amy has one called <laughs> Opera Ghost. And I have to know what this is. I think I might be using it this afternoon with my students. <laughs> it's so much fun. So this actually came out of um, the core singing training that I did several years ago now. Uh, and I realized that trying to explain to my students what I what we were doing was really difficult. Mm-hmm. And so we switched gears. So here's Opera Ghost. Really simple. Doesn't need a piano. You don't need a specific pitch. I love it. We're going to, I do it standing up. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stand up here. Um, We're going to do it starting low. So we're going to kind of squat down partially, just whatever's comfortable for your body. And we're going to make opera ghost noises. (laughs) I love this. We start low. (laughs) I love it. And that's my favorite. Um, and it gets people out of their head. Oh, and big it gets time. My singers into their bodies. So yeah. if we do it and it's kind of sketchy, we do it a couple times. I lo- oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, for those of you who this is an audio podcast, I have to tell you, Amy did back up. She got all into her body and, and li- it was brilliant. Thank you. So, <laughs> uh, Amy, I, I want to thank you again. Uh, sharing your experience on YouTube is going to help uh, give courage to many others and uh, help uh, help teachers all over the world to celebrate their students. And uh, I want to thank you and I, I want to wish you all the best in, in the upcoming recital season. Season. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited. Just remember, if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> Amy has kindly shared some of the links she's mentioned in her interview. You can find those other details from this podcast in the show notes or on our podcast page. <laughs> A very special thank you to our guests, to Kenya Battle, Alan Henderson, and Amy Woods. Full Voice Music is passionate about creating resources for young singers. Our workbooks, teacher resources, and single song downloads are used in classrooms and teaching studios around the world. If you are looking for new, exciting, educationally sound age-appropriate music for your young singers please check out our new single song downloads and we are just as excited to be supporting some fantastic living composers who love writing music for kids please check those out as always my friend and colleague i am wishing you inspired teaching fantastic virtual recitals and happy singing made by canoe music productions